Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. I know today's lesson was specifically designed by God for somebody who either is going to be here uh, in the class or will be listening to this live. Because Satan has put so many obstacles in my path this morning. <laughs> Let me just share a few of them so you kind of understand. You know, we don't just walk on, on happy juice clouds all the time. We live in the real world, don't we? And we all said amen. So I got up early this morning because Pastor Larry is going on a trip and I had to get the final details done and get some information printed out. And my puppy went outside after he woke up and got sprayed by a skunk. Now, I don't know about you, but a skunk is not anything that you want that aroma pulling into your house. So I immediately started filling the kitchen sink. By the way, this is just a freebie. Uh, Purex, at least a cup of Purex and then their dog shampoo, and you'd put that in the water and make it all sudsy. So once I got the water ready, then I grabbed Champion, who was greatly distressed, (laughs) and put him in the water. Now, I'm thinking, that's the last thing I'm going to have to deal with. I'll be able to get to church and everything will be fine. Well, the next thing that happened was that I was on my way to pick up the uh, coffees for Pastors Larry and Tiz because my assistant, Yvonne, is on vacation. So normally she picks them up. I had to write down because they're special orders. And, you know, I'm a coffee with cream. I have got that, that three words and I have my coffee. But there are other people who have a lot of words added to their coffee order. So I had to write it down. So I ordered the coffee. I remembered to get the receipt. I'm headed into church. I'm praying. All of a sudden I turn a corner and the cups start to slip. I reach over really quick and put my hand on top of the cups and save the coffee. But meanwhile, my heart is just thumping. You know how those things go. And then I ask Margaret if she could pull up the garage door so that I could unload because I had some books that Pastor Larry had ordered. That went very well. I'm thinking, good. Shoo, we're done with all this. Only to arrive and discover that two of our key people that work in the upstairs camera area and they control everything that happens both in the service And in all of the salons, we call them now, because they're technically advanced. They're gone. They're they're not here. They're ill. So we're scrambling to figure out who's going to do that. That's why I thanked Pastor Wanderson personally and on, on the tape, because he is running back and forth between the Torah class and this class, making sure that the recording happens. So I am convinced that this is going to be an incredible Sunday. Not only the classes that are going to be taught, but also the apples and honey service that Pastor Larry is going to be doing today in our church. Let's open in prayer. Father, thank you so much that we live in this world, but we're not of this world. Thank you, Father, that you make a way in every situation for us to choose peace. Thank you, Father that you have been with us from the beginning and you will be with us for eternity. Now, Father, anoint me and let these questions that I'm going to be asking today, Father, let them be something that each person can apply in their life. Let it lead them one step closer to you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, these questions came uh, with some collaboration from a friend of mine who has a ministry. Um, She was a pastor on staff with Pastors Larry and Tiz in Portland, Oregon. And she has since, when the church moved and so forth, she has since started another ministry. 
And, you know, it's really sweet to watch the, the different pastors that, that we used to work with and what they have done and, and where they are now. So this is one that I'm very, very excited to always call my friend. So these were some of the things that she and I put together, and I thought, this is a good time for us to take a look at this. Now, we're in the season of Elul, and we're blowing the horn. And for some people, that's about all it is, blowing the horn and counting the days. But for some of us, it's a time to stop and reflect. So these are seven questions. So if you're taking notes, put one through seven on on your paper, and that'll guarantee that I'm going to get through all seven. (laughs) And I don't expect anyone to answer these out loud. And they may not be something that you want to look at right now. But I think that they're worth looking at, period. So the first one is, what blame have you been placing on someone else that you can take some accountability for? Who have you been blaming for something that perhaps you can take some accountability for? Now, I'm not talking about an abusive situation. I'm not talking about anything that happened to you as a child. I'm just talking about those everyday things, the neighbors, the coworker, maybe even the person teaching the class. <laughs> what has bothered you? And you may have forgiven them, but the lesson comes in, is there any part, any part that we played in it? I can look back both in my corporate life and then also in my church life and realize that a lot of situations that I kind of went, why is this happening? I can look back and say, okay, I rushed in on that one. I could have been a bit more gentle. I could have done more research to realize who am I talking to? How do they process information? What perhaps emotionally charged word did I use that caused them to get uptight? And it doesn't mean that it excuses them. We still have to forgive them for what happened. But it does help us understand how we can grow. Because this class, Fit for Life, is all about growing as a believer in God. Amen? So we might as well learn how we can grow. That's question number one. Number two, are your insecurities affecting the way you are viewing a particular situation? Are your insecurities affecting the way you view a certain situation? I learned in corporate America, praise God, because I was able to bring that with me when I came and and became a pastor on staff. A true professional goes with whatever circumstance they're walking into. It's a frontline worker that walks in and goes, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, the chairs aren't even. Oh, someone's going to notice that, and they're going to be obsessing over it. Frontline people, and there's nothing wrong with them. We love them. If you are one, I love you. But you can move from obsessing over details. Once that clock hits start, then you put on the armor of God emotionally. You put the Holy Spirit around you, and you move forward with professionalism. You go with what you've got. So what insecurities do you have that might be affecting your view of a particular situation? Number three, what hard conversation with yourself have you been avoiding? What hard conversation with yourself have you been avoiding? Now, for me, it's always about my marriage. Always, always, always. 
I have worked uh, ever since I got out of college. So, and I've been blessed to have a lot of classes on leadership and communication, on public speaking, on training, on teaching. I have a lot of classes. But I didn't have a lot of classes on how to be married. (laughs) So I made a lot of mistakes in relationships as I was trying to find someone that would make me happy, which was the first problem with that marriage thing. So the conversation that I've been avoiding is what is my role to make my marriage with honey sweet? What do I need to do? What is God asking of me? What has God promised me that if I behave a certain way, that my marriage will be sweeter? See, I was really upset to find out that, morning, honey, to find out that the woman was responsible for the atmosphere in the home. Boy, that's a huge responsibility. And then I realized, well, all that meant is that I had to be nice and I had to keep my mouth shut. That's a huge job. (laughs) So it's like, okay, what conversation do you need to have with yourself that you've been avoiding? And for me, it's always looking at my, my marriage, looking at how the week is going, looking at how the day is going, and going, hmm, Okay, Nancy, what do we need to do here to make sure that this is going to end well? <laughs> what do you need to do? My, there's a question down here, but I'll, I'll preempt it with this one. Um, my mother was trained and educated as an accountant. That was not the position that she had in corporate America, uh, but she was one of the first women that was an executive with Janssen Knitting Mills. If any of you are not familiar with Janssen Knitting Mills, that's a swimsuit company. And uh, Lady Di bought a Janssen swimsuit, and they became world-known. But she was one of the first women in the executive team and was promoted to that level. And we asked her one time when she was having a conversation about a particular point, Mom, would you rather be right or happy? And without missing a beat, she turned and looked at me, and she said, I'd rather be right. It's like, boy, does that explain a lot. Okay. (laughs) Then my job is to make sure she feels like she's right all the time. She was a good woman. She was a Sunday school superintendent at church. She didn't have major sins in her life. So if I could do something that would allow her to feel like she was right, that's what I ought to be doing. So, again, hmm. (laughs) what hard conversation with yourself have you been avoiding? And figure out, hmm, what do I need to do to make the situation better? This is one that I deal with often. And it's in my mind, I'm trying to help. So some of you may identify with this one as well. What parts of yourself do you see in a person that you are prone to criticize? What part of yourself do you see in a person that you are prone to criticize? Now, for those of you not in in the classroom this morning, there, there are chuckles going on in the audience because all of us recognize that. And it seems like whatever we have in ourselves that we haven't dealt with yet, God will bring that, a person with that characteristic into our life so that we can see what it looks like. And it's always so much uglier on someone else's face, isn't it? (laughs) Our face is so sweet. Their face is just ugly. (laughs) So what part of yourself do you see in a person that you are prone to criticize? Next one. Let's see. That's one, two, three, four, five. This is five. What is your most toxic trait 
that you can admit to having? What is your most toxic trait that you can admit to having? Now, that question was carefully crafted word by word. Good morning. (laughs) If you'll notice in the middle of it, it says that you can admit to, that you can admit to. You see, all of us know that we have certain toxic traits, and some we're ready to deal with and others we aren't. And praise God, he does not expose all of our weaknesses to us at the same time. I think I would just, you know, fall over and die. It's kind of like, you know, one layer at a time, one layer at a time. And sometimes a layer comes up and we go, oh, not that one today, Lord. And we shove it back down and we take another one. So this is something that not your deepest, not the ugliest, not the most terrifying toxic habit, but what's a habit, a toxic habit that you can identify and are willing to look at and then take a look at it. And the only way I can get rid of my toxic habits is to admit it as sin, which is the first hard step, confess it to God as sin, (laughs) ask him to forgive me. And then once that thing is released, ah, then it makes it a lot easier to deal with other people. You see, God didn't put us in the world to point out everybody else's mistakes. Uh, We had a dinner Friday night for the uh, couples that Pastor Watterson and his wife probably put on. And um, I admitted to that one that, you know, in my marriage, I I could really tell Don from the day one what he was doing wrong and what he needed to change. And that God sweetly reminded me when I was ready to have a happy marriage that that wasn't my job. Uh, I was not Don's Holy Spirit. I was not the one that was supposed to tell him what he was doing wrong. It's like, but I know, Lord, I could tell him so much. Like, uh uh-uh, that's not the way it works. And what I said Friday night at the couple's uh, event, and that was fun, by the way. Uh, Pastor Watterson did a good job. Was I had to realize that I didn't speak Don's language spiritually. What that means is anything that I am saying to my husband doesn't go into him the same way that it comes out of me. So I have to depend on God to do the talking to my husband. So I pray. I anoint my house. I anoint my mouth. Oh, do we have to anoint our mouths? (laughs) And then I remember, okay, this is how I have a happy marriage. And then I step into that and move forward. But that's one of my most toxic traits. I I like to explain. I also like to shortcut. I have noticed, in fact, probably a third of our our church here is um, Brazilian. And Brazilians love to talk. I mean, they, they want to know, you know, not only like, how are you doing today, but, you know, and how's the family? And, and you have a dog, don't you? How's that dog doing? And they go round and round and round and round and round and round because they genuinely care and are interested. And their communication is all about exchanging words. If you, and most of them speak Portuguese. And if you're ever in the office, they'll be in some uh, cubicle just speaking away in pork cheese. And I walk by and say, oh, you're praying in tongues again. You know, they all laugh and I just keep walking. But sometimes when they come to me, um, the ones that I interact with and want to discuss something, I shorten it. And they'll ask a question and I just go, no, we can't do that. And I see the look on their face. It's kind of like, even the men. And it's like, okay, Nancy, you can do better than that. 
Number one, I am interested. I do love them. I do appreciate them. I value them highly. So I can certainly shortcut my toxic timeline of wanting to say, no, we can't do that. Because in my mind, I'm already putting in in place a plan to accomplish most of what they want to do. Because their ideas are really good. So my toxic habit has to be adjusted. Shut up, Nancy. Listen. Don't start with your first thought. Pray and then communicate. Now, I don't know what your toxic habit is. I just confess mine to all of you, embarrassing as that is. <laughs> so just think about it. And again, we are so inundated with, with noise and music and sermons and podcasts and things that are plugged into our ears. Satan would like to keep us busy with the good so that we don't do the godly. So do take some time and listen and look at these questions and say, okay, what can I do? And for those of you that came in late, we're going to go over them all again so you'll know. The sixth one is, are you more focused on being right or on growing as a person? Pastor Larry Huck taught me this one. When I first came to work for him, we would have people come in the back room in Portland, and um, he would ask them questions that I knew he knew the answer to. And he would listen intently and nod and say, thank you so much for sharing. So I listened to seven or eight of those conversations. And finally, I went to him and I said, Pastor, excuse me, but last, last Sunday, you had Mr. B in here and you asked him that question. I know you know that answer. And he said, well, I know the answer that I know right now, but I'm always searching for someone who might add another piece to the puzzle that I don't know. I thought... Darn, that's good. So a man at his level, both spiritually and educationally, because he's got two college degrees, is not willing to humble himself to ask a question of someone when he knows more than they do. So that's when I learned that one. (laughs) Are you focused more on being right or growing as a person? Let's try to grow. And the last one is, is your ego getting in the way of your healing? Is your ego getting in the way of your healing? Probably one of the most dangerous characteristics a leader can have is an ego. An ego that's out of control. Because suddenly you start seeing every communication, every issue around you as a confrontation against your leadership style. A true leader is someone that sits down with the troops, talks to them. And again, praise God, I came out of corporate because I learned so many lessons about leading people. And most of the problems that would happen, and I'm in, I was in banking, so I dealt with branches. Most of the problems in those branches, the frontline tellers knew what to do. They didn't know how to articulate it, and they didn't know how to do it, but they knew what was wrong. So I couldn't just come in with some fancy marketing program that someone in the downtown corporate office came up with. I had to go to the branches and say, okay, this product uh, isn't moving very well in this market area. Tell, tell me what you think needs to happen. Now, people got scared when I would come and ask them those kind of questions. You know, I'm a vice president and a regional sales manager, so it's not someone that we go and have coffee together. So it's like, okay, Lord, you have to show me a different way to get this message across. You have to show me how to draw out of them their market area. Craziest thing. He told me to go in and tell everybody. Now, if you're the branch, you pretend that you're the the staff. I have good news and bad news. Uh, The bad news, unfortunately, is that we're closing the branch today. Keep breathing. There's good news. 
and um, you will get severance. Uh, the better news is we're going to open up a restaurant right here on this location. And your job with me this morning, what kind of restaurant do you want to be? What kind of food are you going to serve? What kind of outfits are you going to wear? What, what kind of um, marketing plan do you want to use as a restaurant? Because don't you know, if we talk to people about how do you market a bank product, they freeze in their brain. But all of us understand restaurants. And so if I could draw out of them what they thought would be a good idea for a a restaurant in their market area, then I could take those ideas and superimpose them and do a marketing strategy so that they could have better sales. I'm not this smart. I'm just really able to listen and pull out of other people information. I read books. I look at other industries. Most everybody in the ministry looks at other churches. I look at other industries. What are other industries doing to get a message out? What are other industries doing to draw in the market that they want to draw in? How are they responding to the mask mandate? How are they responding to vaccines? How are they responding to those people that don't look like most of the people that are in their church pew on Sunday? So I look at other businesses to say, how are they marketing? Because if we knew what to do, we would have church service every single night in this building. We all love God. We believe that Jesus died for us. We want everyone going to heaven with us. So it's got to be kind of a marketing plan that's out of whack. So I'm going to go back over these questions again, and we're going to talk about a Christian marketing plan, okay? Number one, by the way, for those of you who came in late, these are seven questions to ask yourself. And we weren't going to respond to them, although I did confess some of of mine. It says, what blame have you been placing on someone else that you can take some accountability for? What have you been blaming someone for that you could take some accountability? Okay, now remember, we're looking at the church. So the first thing might be, uh, the music's too loud. I, I get that every once in a while. The music's too loud. Okay, so how do we respond to that? Some people, this is how you respond. Some people do feel the music is too loud. And we do have earplugs available for you uh, at the Welcome Center. And we welcome you, please. Um, And sometimes we've discovered that there are certain locations in the sanctuary where the sound doesn't bounce around. But the main thing, our worship is anointed. Praise God. And for that, I'm willing to put up with a little bit of loud noise. Okay, that's a good way to market. You haven't told somebody, you know, get your spiritual ears on and listen to it anyway. You haven't made them wrong. You've agreed with them. You've given them some options. And then you said, praise God, it's anointed. So that they can walk into the sanctuary the next Sunday and go, yeah, it is anointed. Thank you, Lord, it's anointed. Question number two. How are your insecurities affecting the way you are viewing a particular situation? How are your insecurities affecting the way that you're viewing a particular situation. It's always real gutsy for me to just talk personal, but I will. You probably have noticed an age difference between Katie Huck and myself. She's just a couple years younger. (laughs) And we both are on video, and we both are on the big screen making announcements. I walk in to Ryan, who videotapes the announcements, because I understand how important lighting is. And I say to Ryan every time, make sure the lighting is right. And he goes, yes, Pastor Nancy, yes, you want to look young and thin. And we laugh, and then I record. 
But that is one of the insecurities that I have. At my age, on a big screen. Now, I love our stream family. That's another one of the assignments that I have the privilege of serving on. There's a pastor of the stream family. So at the end of every service, I love reading and sharing testimonies. I love reading all of them and figuring which testimony is going to be the most inspiring for our stream family today. And I love closing the service. But it always scares me just a little bit. It's like, what the heck do I look like on camera? Because we all know men don't listen to this. You'll laugh at us. You never want a mirror after the age of 30 that is lower than your face. You get one that's on the wall so that you can pull it out and put your makeup on up here. And all the women said yes. Because you just don't look good like that. You need, you need to have the face up a bit. <clears throat> okay, moving along. What hard conversation with yourself have you been avoiding? What hard conversation with yourself have you been avoiding? Don and I are not smart enough to be financially where we are today. We have made some very, very wonderful and um, not estate-enhancing decisions in our life. But we've always given, not only tithing, but given. And God has always provided. So when I look at that, it says, huh, What hard conversations with yourself have you been avoiding? And the one that I have been avoiding is shopping online. It's so easy. I see something and she looks so cute in it. And and my phone already just brings it up for me. So all I have to do is just click one button. I don't even have to fill out any of my financial information. So the conversation that I had when I was putting this list together is, Nancy, think twice before you hit the button. Because your heart has been wanting to give more. We have an opportunity for another plane load of people to come out. And doesn't the Lord know that he will reward us when we're able to get his children from around the world back into Israel. So everything that I look at, it's like, okay, is that more important than a person from, and I'm not going to name the country because it's too risky to even name it. (laughs) And then I think, no, it's not more important. That helps me. I don't know how it helps you. Guys, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you about how you do that stuff, but that's how it works for me. And then what parts of yourself do you see in a person you are prone to criticize? That was the one, two, three. That was the fourth question. What part of yourself do you see in a person that you're prone to criticize? And again, I like bottom line results. That's kind of how my brain works. That's how I prefer to move through life. However, there are people in my life that seem to move too fast through the audience and seem to have short responses. And I think, they're so snippy. And then it's like, did you read your last text? It was a heart. That was all it was. It was a praying hand. That's all it was. Could you have not added a few words to something? Could you have not done something else? So the thing that I criticize in other people about being quick and short, I'm working on myself. That's why I practice in the sanctuary before the service starts, walking around and talking to people and saying hello. Okay, next one is what is your most toxic trait that you can admit to having? What is your most toxic trait? For me, it was conversations in my head. I've learned not to have things fall out of my mouth. But I have toxic conversations in my head. So what I had to do was say, hmm, if this was being spoken out loud, (laughs) would you say it, number one? And number two, does it line up with the word of God? So that's my battle in in my brain. Because I can come up with the best comebacks. 
I can replay what happened. Ooh, I can just, I can take them out at the knees. It's like, well, that's toxic. That's a pastor talking. Listen to this. So whatever it is that you have an issue with, whatever it is that's going on, adjust to it. Learn how to modify it. It'll make your life so much happier. Are you, the more, are you more focused on being right or on growing as a person? To grow as a person is what God has commanded us to do. That's why you've taken the time to be in the class today. Who you are today should not be the same person that you were last year. That's why we have this month of Elul. That's why the blowing of the shofar. It's not just to see how good you can blow a horn. And sometimes people blow it pretty crazy, don't they? <laughs> and my recommendation is get Paula Megacy to blow a horn. She can, she can blow a shofar better than most anybody. So in fact, I probably should get her, get her recorded doing one because she's really good at that. But try to grow as a person. It's almost like this is where the world lives, right, right around your midsection. That's where the world is. But our head is in the heavens because our mind is joined with Christ. So we should be able to take our heavenly attitude and our spiritual strength and help the people that are in the world rather than criticizing, rather than pointing things out. See what we can do to help. And by the way, no is always an appropriate answer. And smiling and saying, thank you, I'll, I'll think about that. And walking away is always an appropriate answer and reply. We're not telling you to stay in any kind of a situation that's not going to be to your betterment or to theirs. And by the way, this is a side note. It's not on my, my notes. Um, when you argue with someone over a position... All you're doing is getting them more entrenched in their position. If I have to defend something, boy, I come up with all kinds of reasons on why, why I'm right. And I get more stuck in deceit. So I like that phrase. Hmm, that's an interesting thought. Let me think about that. Or that wow, well, I've never heard that point of view. Let me consider that. I'm not making them wrong, but I'm also not allowing them to repeat again, because remember our words create, and they create both for we believers and for other people as well. So I want to make sure that I don't give them an opportunity to get stuck in recording a wrong statement. And then the last one is your ego getting in the way of your healing. In life, I don't know why. But in life, God will allow circumstances to come our way. And we know the scripture tells us he does not test us. It's not like he's saying, I want to see what they do so I can get them. But I think sometimes he allows circumstances because he's got a blessing on the other side. And he knows that if we don't take care of a certain issue in our life, we won't be able to handle that blessing. Now you say, oh, that sounds like psychobabble to me, Pastor Nancy. Well, let's take a look at Moses. In the Jewish culture, Moses is the most reverent individual. He's just wonderful. But Moses didn't go into the promised land because he never dealt with his anger. And God said, you have misrepresented me, Moses. I've given you instructions on what to do, but your anger amplified it. And so you misrepresented me. I love you, Moses. You're saved. You're going to be in heaven. People are going to talk about you for centuries, for eternity. However, Moses, you don't get to see the promised land. 
I'm too selfish to miss out on any blessing. It's like, Lord, show me. Show me what to do. Tell me how to do different. Show me how to, how to be better at this. Because I want every single blessing that God has in place. And when I have a morning like this morning, for those of you that came in late, okay, first thing, my dog goes out and gets sprayed by a skunk. So I have to take, I know. So I have to take him in. And that, just so that you're aware, about a cup and a half of Purex with the dog shampoo and all the scents and so forth. And then you put him in the sink. Because that spray is oily, so it has to get out of their skin. So I have a load of wash already going through trying to get the stink out of the towels. So that happened, and then I got Pastor and Tiz's coffee, and I turned a corner, and they started to spill. And I'm, I'm grabbing them because I didn't want that, those lattes in, in my car. And we get here, and several of our key people, I think that's why my phone is going off, are not here this morning. And most of the staff um, that operates in the television room upstairs, most of that staff has more than one job. So when we have two people out, that means four jobs aren't being taken care of. So we were running around this morning and, and, you know, oh my gosh, Jim's not here. Oh my gosh, Steven's not here. And just, you know, one thing after another. And when I came in and, and uh, talked to Mitch and Laura, cause they're the host, the hostess is here. And I said, oh, today's going to be great. I said, not only this class and somebody that's going to listen to this tape later on, but this service is going to be amazing because Satan is doing everything to try to steal my joy. I love me far too much to allow him or someone that he's using steal my blessing. So no matter what is going on around you, no matter what you're dealing with, just know that, number one, you're not alone. God's with you. Number two, if you ask for his help, he will help you. And number three, lift your eyes to gaze into the heavens. As complicated as my brain is, spinning around with all of these gears and things all the time, I'm, you know, your brain's the same too, I marvel every morning when I go outside and see that there's a new pattern in the sky. Do you realize how many mornings God had to create a new pattern in the sky? If he is that intricate on details and that able, he can certainly take care of the issues that I think are hard. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Well, we're just about time to close. So um, are you hitting the close button? Okay, then let me pray quickly, and then we're going to take some questions and answers, because those of you that are here, you deserve a double dip. Heavenly Father, we come into your throne room, and Lord, we are so thankful that you have given us an opportunity to to examine our lives. This is the, the month we're supposed to be doing it. So I thank you that you brought to me these questions that we could discuss today. Thank you, Father, that you are giving a grace and a sweetness so that everyone, as they deal with something, they realize that there's no condemnation. You are not yelling at us. You are not mad at us. You love us so much. You want us to walk into the blessings that you've prepared for us. Thank you, Father, that you are making every technical piece, every sound, every note, every letter, every connection will be perfect And that your will will be done today in our service. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Thank you.